D F S. It is Friday, September 16th here in Draft Shark Studios in Rochester, New York. Welcome to our week two DraftKings podcast. I'm your host, Matt Schaff. With me, as always, is Jared Smola. Jared, I don't know about you, but Lamar Jackson kept me from a positive week one, both on DK and in underdog week one drafts. Any particular takeaways from you in week one DFS action? My cash game lineup was good. My tournament lineups goose egged. Um, I thought, you know, it was a pretty chalky week with like Saquon Barkley and Michael Pittman were two of the highest owned players in DFS and they both went off. So, you know, if you had them in cash, you were good. You actually kind of needed them in tournaments even. And I, I tend to fade those guys in tournaments. I had some Saquon in tournaments, but I, I full faded Michael Pittman at his ownership and that, that didn't work out. And Jonathan Taylor, of course, did quite a bit. And Derek Henry did not if you had him. So, yeah, I didn't. Uh, you know, not a great week, but we move on. We move on to week two, and we're going to do some picks and try to make some money back this week. So starting at quarterback, Jared, what do you like? I'm going Trey Lance here. Um, 5700 5, bucks. Like, I, I'm just – I'm giving him a mulligan for yeah. last week in the rainstorm. Uh, no George Kittle in that game for Lance. Now, it looks like he's not going to have Kittle again this week, but, um, you know, hopefully the weather's better. It'll be better. We'll see how much better. I saw already there's, like, potential rain for that game as well, so we'll have to keep an eye on that. But, um, you know, we, we got the 13 carries out of Trey Lance. Nine of them were designed. Like, you know, he's – we could project him for, like, 10 or so carries per game, and that's just huge, especially when a guy's just 5,700 bucks on, on DraftKings. Yeah, that's like top of the league rushing for a quarterback, which is what we assume and why we're interested rather than wary of a quarterback who still has plenty of questions about playing quarterback in the NFL. So, yeah, I certainly agree. Trey Lance, 5,700 in play here. We'll see about the weather heading into the game. Um, You know, in case you're listening to the recording afterward, this is one o'clock on Friday, so we don't have final injury reports yet. So we'll see about George Kittle, but I'm not sure that really affects Trey Lance for cash games on DK this week. I think Carson Wentz is also in play. If you're wary of Lance or, you know, whatever, Carson Wentz, 5,800. Lions open the year fifth worst in week one defensive DVOA. Uh, this game has the fourth highest over under the entire week, seven and a half more total points than Niner Seahawks. So there should be some points here relative to the rest of the slate. I think Carson Wentz showed us last week that he can score points and, you know, cash. We don't need a ton from him at 5,800 bucks. On the GPP side, Jared, what are you favoring a QB? It's, I once is a potential GPP play. Um, you know, price, price is fine. Curtis Samuel and Jahan Dotson remain super cheap. I mean, you can, you know, double stack those. So you could double stack one of them with Terry McLaurin. Um, there, there's obvious run back options on the Lions. I just think the Lions are going to be in a lot of shootouts this season because the defense is bad and the offense is, you know, good enough to, you know, keep up with some of these teams. So I, I like that game. Uh, it has a high over under, so it's not really, you know, sneaking up on anyone, but I do like stacking up that game. I like Derek Carr as well. You know, he's not going to be super low on, but that, Cardinals defense is just bad. I mean, the, the Chiefs had their way with that defense in week one. And then they, you know, kind of struggled on Thursday night against a much better Chargers D. But, you know, just a reminder of how bad I think that Cardinals D is going to be. The other thing I like about Carr is how condensed of a, you know, target tree it is. Like, you know, we know it was like 80% of the targets last week went to Devontae Adams, Darren Waller, and Hunter Renfro. So I would, you know, I, I'd stack Carr with Adams and then pick, you know, either Waller or Renfro as the, as the double stack for Carr. Mm-hmm. Those two are certainly going to be more popular. Um, you know, obviously, if the popular ones hit, then it's not a huge deal. But uh, what, what do you what do you expect on ownership rate once we get into GPP time? 
I don't think Wentz will be high owned. You know, oh, I mean uh, Derek Carr and Devontae Adams. Sorry, that's what I meant by. Oh those. yeah, I mean so. Well, I mean so we have Carr at nine percent right now. Um, so that is you know on the higher side. It's actually second. So so this is funny. I wanted to mention this. I thought like a Rams passing game stack would be kind of sneaky after you know they bombed on Ooh. Thursday night. Matt Stafford's projected to be the highest owned quarterback, which that's not a major surprise. Mm-hmm. Allen Robinson is tied for the highest projected owned rate among wide receivers like that's where we're at in dfs nowadays where someone actually sucking in week one it, it makes them popular because people think they're being sneaky but it, it looks like Allen robinson's not going to be a sneaky place I, I was considering using a ram stack in tournaments i think i'm going to be off it now because of the ownership yeah and i cooper cup is going to be high owned as well and i agree i was looking at the Allen robinson ownership and it was interesting i'm sure the fact that he's not that expensive and i have him highlighted on fanduel so we'll talk about him later that helps you know the the expectations heading into the season that obviously helps the thoughts of the bounce back. And I'm sure that there are plenty of people playing Allen Robinson here because they're too scared to play him in their season long lineups in <laughs> week two while we wait to see what's there, but it's certainly interesting. And so like the flip side of that is the Washington guys, Curtis Samuel was a revelation in week one. He heads into week two with a low ownership projection. It was like 5% on DraftKings when I looked. So, you know, a couple years ago, even I, I think you would, see the way week one played out and be like, well, I guess I'm not using Curtis Samuel in week two because he's going to be pumped up there. That's not the case now because everybody has realized that. And now sometimes it swings too far back. So I agree that that puts Carson Wentz and his wideouts in play because all of all three of those Washington wideouts are projected for 6% or less. Samuel and Jahan Dotson are the cheaper ones, but Terry McLaurin, obviously the guy with the track record. So it wouldn't be shocking if he has a rebound week. He's going to come in low, costs a little bit more, so you have to plan a bit more around it. But I think playing with that Washington group is interesting. I also think Russell Wilson looks good here. Sixth and ceiling projection in our numbers for the week. Easily the lowest ownership projection among the top quarterbacks on DraftKings. The $7,200 salary, I think, is going to keep him low in that ownership category. Jerry Judy's at 5600 He's projected for single-digit ownership. You know, that's not super cheap or it's going to draw too much attention, but it's cheap enough to fit with other things. And like I said, I think he's going to stay in that single-digit range. Cortland Sutton is there to help diffuse that ownership. He's more expensive, but he's headed for about the same ownership projection right now. And then Albert Oakwake Boonham at 3,700 is interesting as well. His ownership is projected a little bit high, probably primarily because of that salary. But if you've already got Russell Wilson at a low rate, if you've got Jerry Judy at a low rate, then you can play cheap Albert O and not worry so much about you know playing somebody that's among the higher owned players at tight end. And then the other part of that is, I think Javante Williams is going to hit Sunday as the highest played Bronco. So, you know, you're getting a little bit contrarian versus that in a GPP field. Yeah. I'm glad you brought up Wilson. I like him as a GPP play. I think he, I think he's actually overpriced by maybe like 500 bucks. And that's why his ownership is going to be low because I think everyone knows it's a good spot at home for Houston. Denver has the third highest implied total on the main slate, but I do think the price is going to keep people off Wilson. But like you said, the two wide receivers and Albert O are both, I think, maybe a bit underpriced. So that kind of helps balance it out. You, you have plenty of salary left to work with if you, you know, stack up Wilson with maybe one of those wide receivers plus Albert O. And if you really even want to bet on Javante Williams just being like a 10 target a game guy, you could always stack Wilson yeah. with Javante and one of the wideouts and, you know, differentiate on your Javante exposure by having yeah. a quarterback with him. Yeah. And, and I think Brandon Cook's an easy run back if you're stacking up the Broncos. Mm-hmm. Although there might be one other at another position we're going to talk about cash for running back. What do you like on DK this week? 
So I'm starting with Saquon, but I, I guess I'm starting with Daryl Henderson, 5,700 bucks. I, you know, there's, yeah, you're, well, I mean, I, I just think even if it's like a 50, 50 split, he's a, he's a decent play at home as a big favorite, high implied total against a bad run defense. So I, I'll play Henderson in cash. And then Saquon Barkley is the second guy in for me, 7,300 bucks on DraftKings based on what we saw in week one. I think that's still like a thousand bucks too cheap. When you look at one, just how good he looked like he looked like, you know, pre-torn ACL, Saquon Barkley. And then the usage, you know, 82% of the snaps, 18 carries and seven targets. Like, you know, he is the focal point of that offense. I, I think you're going to see Saquon up in the 8,000s before long. So I'm, you know, taking the discount here at 7,300. I definitely agree with that. You know, obviously the price is up. The ownership's going to be up. That doesn't matter for our cash lineups, but I don't think he's priced anywhere near what his week one usage is and the usage that we came into the season expecting. So I agree with that. Uh, Daryl Henderson, like once we get farther into the season, if we have somebody in that exact same scenario where, you know, the question is, does he keep that role that he had last week and he's 5,700 bucks, then I'll be more interested. I think right now we're still a little bit too close to the soft open season opening of the season pricing. Leonard Fournette, for example, at 6,700 bucks. I mean, he should be in the 8K range based on what his role is, what his offense is, what we already got from him in week one. He's 6,700, so he's only 1,000 more than Daryl Henderson. So I don't feel like I need to go down to the uncertainty of Henderson. You know, if the roles are similar for Henderson and Cam Akers in week two to week one, he's definitely a good play. I just don't know what the Rams are going to do this time around. So that makes me wary of playing Henderson in my cash lineup. But yeah, Fournette, Barkley are my two starting points. Barkley had the the usage that you mentioned, the opportunity share. Fournette was just short of that, 23% opportunity share, and probably would have had even a little bit more, but Rashad White took over basically the final two possessions of that game. So I love the usage there. Third running back I'm looking at for cash lineup. I, I like Antonio Gibson at 6,200. And again, that's a little bit more than Daryl Henderson, but I'm surer of Antonio Gibson's role in a positive matchup. James Conner, 6,900, maybe not quite as sure as these other guys that I mentioned, just because his team is a significant underdog in that game. I think Michael Carter, 5,200 is in play for DraftKings where we get the full PPR. And I do think Javante Williams is squarely in play for cash lineups at 6,500. Yeah, Connor and Gibson are the two I'm looking at for my third running back spot. On Fournette, you know, if you look at our projections in the dollar per point projections, Fournette is you know right there with Daryl Henderson as the top value on the slate. It's just the hamstring thing. You know, he was limited in practice on Wednesday and Thursday with the hamstring. Um, well, you know, if he's if he's full go Friday, not an injury report and not in the final report, I, I probably move to him in cash. But um, that just has me backing off for now. I'll definitely be playing some Fournette in tournaments. Mm-hmm. GPP said, I, I think this is where Daryl Henderson would make sense, but his ownership projections way yeah. up there. I think that's going to push me off for this format. Yeah, I mean, see, I, I think he's a better cash play and you fade him in tournaments and just you know hope it is a 50-50 split or you know, maybe even Akers gets more this week because of that ownership level on Dale, Daryl Henderson. I like going back to Christian McCaffrey in tournaments. Um, you know, he burned anyone who used him last week. 8900 bucks still, so the price tag's still high. It's gonna keep people off him, I think. You know, the problem with Carolina last week, they ran just 50 offensive plays. And that's that's a super low total. McCaffrey was on the field for 81% of those plays. He he looked good. Sixth in PFF rushing grade, eighth in PFF receiving grade. So, you know, he's he's healthy. The injuries he's had the past couple of years are not a concern. And then, you know, we talked about it on yesterday's show that you know, this, you know, the Giants linebacking core, how bad we think they're going to be against running backs and coverage all season. We saw that in week one with Dontrell Hilliard uh, catching three balls for 61 yards and two scores. So, you know, hopefully this Panthers 
coaching staff is smart enough to, you know, get McCaffrey isolated on those guys. And I think he can have a big, big day in the passing game. Yeah, certainly can't argue against playing Christian McCaffrey here. I'll be curious to watch his ownership projection into the weekend. A couple of lesser played guys. Rex Burkhead's the guy I teased at 4,900 bucks. I think he's an interesting run back for a Russell Wilson lineup because the Denver defense should be much more favorable in coverage versus running backs than wide receivers this season. They're pretty strong at cornerback. So I, I could see a tough game for Brandon cooks. You know, the argument for that is if he sees 12 targets again and only catches half of them, that's still just a fine game. For yeah. PPR, but I do think there's upside for Rex Burkhead and like the salary at 4,900 bucks. We saw the receiving role for him last week. Even if Damian Pierce gets more rushing, I think it's going to be Rex Burkhead as the primary receiver. And then Najee Harris, I think on GPP side at 6,200, the salary is definitely there for the role that he had last year. He's obviously nowhere close to being priced like that kind of workhorse. The foot ankle question, whatever it is, he actually hurt and what has bothered him at some <laughs> point this week. That keeps him out of cash consideration for me, but I think he's still, if he is good to go, he's still among the best bets at the position for touches. I don't think the Patriots run away with this game by any means, even though they are favored on the road at Pittsburgh. And I do think that the injury question is going to keep Harris lower in ownership than he normally would be. The final piece, Pat's third worst league-wide last year in coverage versus running backs, which I believe is something you pointed out on an earlier show this week. Yeah, I can't believe I'm not considering Harris and cash at 6,200 bucks, but that's, that's where we're at, I guess. It's really the injury thing for me. Like he was a full go in Thursday's practice. So maybe we shouldn't be worried about it, but I am enough at least to keep me off him in cash. Last guy I'm considering in tournaments is Josh Jacobs, um, who, you know, not playing cash because of the lack of the lack of role in the passing game. But again, I, I just think the Raiders are going to score four or five touchdowns against the Cardinals on Sunday. And, you know, Jacobs could easily get two of those and, and, and pay off for tournaments. Yeah, I think that would make me more interested in FanDuel, but I can certainly see the path for where yep. he's going. Wide receiver, cash, Greg Dortch. What a what a journey. 3500 bucks <laughs> leads our DK dollars per point this year. I mean, this year, this week. Far from a must, of course, Jared. But the pricing, because the pricing is still softer than it will be later in the year. But Greg Dortch did match Marquise Brown in week one routes. He did lead the team in targets in that game. We're probably looking at shootout conditions again. We're probably looking at an even weaker coverage defense in the Raiders than we were with the Chiefs in week one. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, nothing wrong with playing Greg Dortch at 3,500 this week. Yeah, Keenan Allen and uh, DeAndre Carter out of the slot had you know nice games against the Raiders last week. So it's another nice spot for Greg Dorch. Um, yeah, he's he's not a must, but I, I'm he's you know in my consideration. I'm kind of leaning towards playing him at this point. Um, now you can get Curtis Samuel for another eleven hundred bucks, um, forty six hundred bucks. I think that's still on the cheaper side for Curtis Samuel. You know, we're not expecting him to get a twenty seven percent target share every week, but you know he can hover in the high teens. I think, and he got the four carries last week too, and just the way. At least they use Samuel in week one with that one yard a dot like, you know, that hurts the ceiling on a guy. But I like that for cash because he's running those shorter routes. He's going to have the higher catch rate. So you know, he, he's a, just a better bet for catches. Um, and then two other guys kind of in the mid fives, I think, are underpriced. DJ Moore, fifty seven hundred bucks. Like, again, the, the Carolina guys, the, the play volume was just so low for them last week. Mm-hmm. They didn't really have a chance to, you know, do much. We saw Robbie Anderson, the only guy that had a you know fantasy relevant game, really. But. 22% target share for DJ, DJ Moore. Like, even if he's there, I think he's going to be higher than that for most of the season. But even if he's at 22% and they're running, you know, 60 plays, um, I think he's a good play at 5,700 bucks. And then Jerry Judy, I guess one of those guys who, you know, didn't get a, a price bump 
from the Monday nighter where, you know, played well, had the awesome touchdown, the awesome deep, deep touchdown, contested catch, and then ran away from the, the DB, uh, matched Cortland Sutton with seven targets in that game. I think it's going to, you know, be, they're going to be jostling for the number one wide receiver role all season. So 5,600 bucks for Judy um, in a good spot against Houston. I think he's a good cash play. Yep. I have all of those guys down as well. I think looking at the ownership projections, not obviously not so much for cash. We got 10% for more and 2% for Robbie Anderson. So (laughs) I I certainly am going DJ Moore cash. I think Robbie Anderson is in play for GPP lineups at 2%. I mean, we saw last week, he's going to be on the field as much as DJ Moore. We don't know yet what Baker Mayfield is going to favor. We do. We did hear this off season that Matt rule was saying he thought that Robbie Anderson would fit better in the new offense under the new coordinator this year. So I already talked yesterday about the matchup. The giants matchup is good for both of them, but the giants are specifically without their number two corner, which could favor Robbie Anderson. So 5,300 is going to keep people from flocking to him. 2% very low. And I mean, we already know he's the type of player that can make, you know, one or two big plays that just give you a big game, regardless of what else happens. So I'm attracted to Robbie Anderson at that 2% ownership rate this, this week in GPPs. Yeah, it makes sense to me. I like Tyreek Hill for tournaments this week. Um, you know, 12 targets in his Dolphins debut. Tyreek, by the way, just 7,100 bucks. Um, and still, to me, you know, has as much upside as any wide receiver on the slate with his big playability. And this Ravens secondary is already banged up. I mean, they lost Kyle, Kyle Fuller for the, for the year in week one. Marlon Humphrey missed Friday's practice. Uh, Marcus Peters, I think he's trending towards playing, but, you know, he hasn't played in well over a year now. So there are questions in the Ravens secondary. And if you're going to give me, you know, 10 plus targets out of Tyreek Hill for, for this price tag, I'm, I'm going to you know get some exposure to him in, in my tournament lineups. Tyreek Hill's over under in underdog pickums is just 69 and a half uh, receiving yards too. So I think he's a nice bet there. And there are a couple others in that game that you can kind of stack together. If you want to play underdog pickums this week, by the way, if you do want to play underdog pickums, um, use promo code draft sharks, so you get your deposit matched hundred percent up to hundred bucks. So, yeah, I like Tyreek Hill there. I, we talked about the Washington guys already. I think even if you're not playing Carson Wentz at quarterback, the receivers are worth considering. Dotson's 4200 McLaurin, you're probably not playing without Wentz, I think, at 6600 bucks, just because you can get other guys uh, in that range. But, you know, Samuel's still in the 4K range, so I think you can play him without his quarterback. One other guy that is going to be way underplayed is Jarvis Landry. 2% ownership projection for him. 5,000 bucks. So it's not a low enough price that it draws your eye. And the reaction I think generally is, yeah, Jarvis Landry's fine, but he doesn't have a ceiling. The guy finished 17th among wide receivers in week one without scoring a touchdown. The only wide receiver that finished higher than that without a touchdown in week one was AJ Brown. So I think Jarvis Landry is squarely in play. Obviously this is the format that, that increases his ceiling because you know, if he has that seven catch for a hundred yards, he doesn't need the touchdown. And then if he does pop a touchdown, you know, obviously the day blows up. I think that it's, it, it would be interesting to throw in a couple of Jameis Winston, Jarvis Landry lineups here. I think Chris Olave is a little too expensive at 4,500 for me to take a shot on him just because I don't think the targets are going to be there for both him and Landry. But Winston Landry, I think is an interesting starting point for a couple of tournament lineups. How about Michael Thomas? I think he's in play too. I mean, he's 800 bucks more than yep. Jarvis Landry, but still just 5,800 bucks. I mean, that's a cheap price for Michael Thomas who looked healthy 
in his return last week, saw the 24% target share. So I like Thomas and Landry. You know, Landry had the had a like a 13 and a half yard average depth of target in week one. So like let's not assume that the Saints are going to use him like every other team has. You know, we know Jameis Winston likes throwing it deeper. Um, if that's the way they're going to use Landry, he is going to have more weekly upside this season. Yeah, he might add interceptions to your offense, but he also adds distance to your wide receiver yardage. Tight end for cash. Jared, what are you doing? I think I might go Juwan Johnson for the minimum price, 2500 bucks. Um, you know, helps you get in those higher price running backs. I might end up playing Devontae Adams in cash. We didn't even talk about him, but I think he's underpriced for, you know, the usage that we think he's going to get and he did get in week 1, but um, you know, Juwan Johnson 2500 bucks. 79% of the routes in week 1, a 15% target share. He was 12th among tight ends in expected fantasy points. So I I just think, you know, that that that's worth playing for what it allows you to do with the rest of your lineup. I absolutely agree. I was starting to look at the 3K, 4K range, and then it's like, oh, wait a second. Jawan Johnson was used just the same way as those guys in week one. And yeah, I don't know that that's going to continue going forward, but that's why we play this once a week thing. 2500 bucks <laughs> this week. If it doesn't work out, then we reset for week three. But I like Jawan Johnson very much as the cash game tight end starting point. And I mean, yeah, a, tur- a tournament lineup starting with Jameis Winston, Jarvis Landry, and Jawan <laughs> Johnson. Is there anything... Less exciting than that that could ultimately pay off. No, I like it. Um, you could you know run it back with Leonard Fournette. <laughs> That's right. GPP side, what do you like? So I got to mention my guy Tyler Higby, which I did all last year, and it usually didn't work. But I'm gonna go back to him in GPPs. I'm hoping he's gonna be you know one of the lower owned Rams. You know, we know again Stafford's gonna be pretty popular. Cup, Robinson, Henderson. I think you know Higby might be you know fifth in line for at least ownership wise among Rams. I'm gonna go back to Mark Andrews too, who I played last week, and he was disappointing. His price is down 400 bucks now. He's just 6400 bucks. Got the usage you want out of Mark Andrews, 23% target share, ran a pass route on 94% of the pass plays. And the Dolphins, 30th in football outsiders tight end coverage last year, and they're 26th through the first game of this season. So it looks like a, a plus matchup for Andrews. And again, with I think with the Ravens, secondary injuries, um, you know that could help that game. You know, Maybe not shoot out, but be a bit higher scoring than we're expecting. Do you really think it's fair for you to still call Higby your guy um, <laughs> after the way you were talking about him by the end of last season? I know. I'm ready to get hurt again. <laughs> I want to like Evan Ingram here, but I got to see more from the Jaguars passing game, even at the price and the ownership level before I'm really betting on him. I, I think it's more of a cash consideration. And then, you know, I got to Juwan Johnson, who is even cheaper. So we'll see. I think right now it's maybe more of like an over under bet on the yardage for Ingram than it is sticking him in lineups. Cause that way, it, even if he just outperforms expectation, but falls short of actually giving us, you know, like weak winning stuff. I think that's the way to play it right now, as opposed to DFS lineups, especially when there's more upside in Denver. I think Albert O you can play even without Russ, although the ownership's probably going to be up on him a little bit. I think Juwan Johnson is playable even without Jameis Winston because of the salary flexibility he gives you. You can get that upside elsewhere. Darren Waller and Mark Andrews, they're projected for single-digit ownership right now. I think both would be in play if that continues into the weekend. It might just be spread around too much at tight end this week for ownership rate to really factor into the outlook for either of those guys. Yeah, I love Andrews and Waller. I'm really trying to get myself to play the elite tight ends more in tournaments, just the guys that can, you know, give you 25 points. And Andrews mm-hmm. and Waller can do that. And especially if they're going to be, you know, sub 10%, I think they're great tournament plays. Defense, the Bengals stand out. I yeah. mean, they're a cheat code this week, 2200 bucks against Dallas because there was the pricing was set before that Sunday night game where Dak Prescott got hurt. So 
you can play the Bengals in whatever format. And I mean, even though they're headed for highest ownership in large tournament <laughs> fields, I think that they're still in play just because of how low that salary is. It lets you do whatever else you want. Yeah, I, I mean, I'm definitely going to play him in cash. I'm probably not going to play him at all in tournaments and just, you know, hope they only score seven points. Um, and I can maybe, you know, pick a D that gets gets lucky and scores a touchdown. Um, so I like both defenses in the Patriots-Steelers game. Uh, Patriots 2,900, Steelers 2,800. I think, you know, the Patriots offense is a mess, as we heard it kind of was throughout August. The Steelers offensive line is horrible, and Mitchell Trubisky looked like Mitchell Trubisky in week one. So I think there's upside to both of those defenses. And the the Dolphins, I mean, they came through for us last week. They're even cheaper this week at 2300 bucks. I mean, it's obviously not an ideal matchup against the Ravens, but the Ravens had some tackle issues. They lost Juwan James for the season. Ronnie, Ronnie Stanley um, did not practice Thursday after being limited on Wednesday, so he might miss again. And again, you know, they're, they're $2,300. Bucks. If you get a couple of takeaways and you know, luck and do a touchdown, they're going to be you know big in tournaments. And this is a matchup they exploited just last year, so it wouldn't be unprecedented if they did have a good performance in this one. I think one other one, if you want to differentiate at low cost in a large tourney field, is the Saints against the Bucks, 2,400, so just a little bit more than the Bengals. And they have played the Bucks very tough in the two years since Tom Brady went to Tampa Bay. And last week, the Bucks didn't look awesome on offense against Dallas. They won the game pretty easily, but they only scored 19 points in that game. They're dealing with myriad wide receiver injuries and even the hamstring for Leonard Fournette, like you mentioned. So it wouldn't be shocking if there is a sluggish offensive day from the Bucks in this one. And of course, they had some O-line issues coming into the season and their left tackle Donovan Smith is iffy for this game as well. So I like I like that Saints call for tournaments. That's going to do it for a week two edition of the DraftKings podcast. You can head over to DraftSharks.com right now. Play around with the lineup generator. Build your own lineups for DraftKings, FanDuel, or Yahoo Play. In addition to the main slate, it is ready to handle your early, your late Sunday slates, Sunday to Monday, or the full-on Thursday to Monday slates. Obviously not for this week because we're already past Thursday. You can also find Jared's articles highlighting top picks for cash and GPP entries on DraftKings. You can stick around if you're on the stream with us. We're going to do a brief break and then do the FanDuel show. For Jared Small and the rest of the Draft Sharks crew, I'm Matt Schaaf saying thanks so much for swimming with us.